During our last broadcast, we began talking about the place of the husband in the home, and we were talking about his responsibility to become a leader or the head of his home. And we said that this leadership role or this headship role was something that, of course, carried with it certain privileges and certain rights. But first of all, that a husband ought to think of that leadership role in terms of its responsibilities. And that one of the greatest problems we have in the church today is the fact that husbands are not assuming their role and taking these responsibilities upon them as they should. Again and again, husbands and wives come into the uh, counseling center. And who was it who brought them into the center? It was the wife who insisted that they come. The husband realized that his marriage was coming apart, but it wasn't he who took the leadership even there to try to do something about it. The husband realized that the family is not serving Jesus Christ and that the children are not doing what they ought to do, but it wasn't he who took the initiative to do something about it. And yet that's precisely what the husband ought to be doing, always taking the initiative for the welfare of his family and in particular for the welfare of his relationship to his wife. The husband's role as leader is, however, not just any kind of leadership role. It's a leadership role that exhibits and exemplifies at every point the leadership, the headship of Jesus Christ over his church. And that's a very peculiar kind of leadership and headship. We saw last time that in Ephesians 1, where we talk about the leadership of Jesus Christ and the headship of Christ, that it means that he does everything for the sake of his church. And that would, of course, mean that the husband ought to always keep his wife in mind whenever he makes decisions or whenever he enters into any activity. But there's another aspect to this, to this modeling that we uh, take from the relationship of Jesus Christ to his church. How does a husband exhibit that kind of leadership in other ways? Well, what was Christ's leadership like? All through this fifth chapter of Ephesians, which we've been looking at briefly, we notice that in verses 25 through 33 that there are four words that continually occur. Again and again, we read these. Uh, there is one word that occurs four times. Again and again, we read this one word. And here it is in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. This is not just a leadership of authority. This is a leadership in love. It's loving leadership that we're talking about, that the husband is to exhibit and exemplify. Uh, this kind of leadership is a leadership that is conditioned to do for his wife what Jesus Christ did for the church. The church did not come to Jesus Christ first and say to Christ, oh, we love you so much, Lord. Won't you come and redeem us? We'd like to be your children, not on your life. We read in the book of Romans that while we were sinners, while we were enemies, a rebellious people turning apart from God and going our own way, ignoring his word and doing as we pleased, deeply embedded in sin, we find that Jesus Christ came and took the initiative on his own, came in love toward his people, toward that church. Jesus Christ took the initiative. He was the one who began the loving relationship between himself and his church. Over in 1 John 4.19, for example, we read that we, that is the church, we love because 
He, that is Jesus Christ, first loved us. The church's love is derivative and responsive. The church's love is a reflection of the prior love of the Lord Jesus Christ who died for enemies, who died for those who did not care about him at all and who were opposed to him and to his ways. And it was his love that won us to himself. It was that love in which he gave himself up for us, dying on that cross in the place of guilty sinners, bearing the penalty and the wrath of God that was due us. It was that love that he exhibited by giving up of himself to, for us that won us to him. It was that love that redeemed us. Now, let's say your marriage is not what it ought to be. Let's say there isn't much love in that marriage anymore. Who's responsible primarily for that? The husband is the one who is primarily responsible. That's who. A strange notion is abroad in our country today. The notion that love has to do with women and children and cupids. But that's not biblical love. Biblical love is a very masculine thing. It's a love that gives of itself. It's a love that goes to the cross. It's a love that's willing to submit to the nails and the thorns if necessary. Love is what Jesus Christ did in giving of himself for us. All through the scriptures, we read about love as giving. For example, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Galatians 2.20 says, speaking of Christ, he loved me and gave himself for me. When we talk about loving an enemy, we're told to give uh, the enemy if he thirsts something to drink, to give him something to eat if he's hungry. Love in the scriptures is a willingness to do for another whatever it is that that other needs to have done for him that I can do for him because God has told me so. Out of a desire to please God, whether I want to give or not, I must give of, my, of myself, of my time, of my interest, of my funds, or whatever it takes to meet the need of another to whom God says, I must give these things. Now, husbands, you're in a relationship not only to your husband, uh, to your wife, but also to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you, in that relationship, have a responsibility to both. If you claim that you want to love God, then God says you must love your wife. The responsible relationship that you bear toward your, your God that relationship of love toward him requires you to exhibit love toward your wife. And even if there isn't the kind of feeling that you'd like to have in a relationship to her, you can begin by doing. You can begin by giving of yourself to her, thinking about her, putting an investment of your time and your interest and your concerns in her. And I would suggest this very practically, that you begin by thinking of one small thing that you can do for her every day, just to please her. First of all, that'll get you thinking about your wife, what it is that does please her. It'll get you studying your wife and thinking about her needs and her wants and her problems. It'll get you into a place where you can begin to appreciate some of her situation. We'll talk more about that in the next broadcast. But what it will do secondly is begin to give of yourself to her. And don't give her anything that costs you any money. Don't go out and buy flowers or buy a little gift. Do something creative. Use your heart. Use your mind. Think about what pleases her. Stop by the wayside and pick some uh, dried flowers and bring those home for her. Write her a little love note 
and pin it to the uh, uh, bed as she goes to make it. Uh, do something uh, concrete, uh, specific, something to let her know that you're thinking about her, that you're giving of your time, of yourself, of your concern, of your attention, of your thoughts toward her. And I think you'll be amazed at the kind of response that you'll receive. Little things like that can be the beginning of a whole new relationship that can spread across very many large things in your life as well as in hers. May I suggest strongly that you begin to assume that loving leadership to which God has called you, to which, uh, in which you may exhibit the love of Jesus Christ for the church, even by such small beginnings as this. Lord, bless husbands everywhere who are listening to this. Speak to their hearts and show them the need for really giving of their hearts and their souls and their lives to their wives. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen.